Welcome back to Unstable Universes, the podcast where we ruin two of your favorite fandoms at once. I'm Alana Hopper. And I'm Evan Rowell. I hope you all had a happy Halloween, got lots of candy, or alcohol, whichever you prefer. Maybe both. Oh, definitely both for me. Ooh, a little Skittles vodka. That shit's nasty. I never actually had that. I've had vodka I've gummy bears. I've never had it made properly. Well... You'll have to wait till next year. Also, I had the worst jello shots I've ever had this weekend. Oh, man. They were like... Have you ever had bubble tea with jello in it? Yeah. Yeah. It was like that. Like, you know how it kind of gets hard? Yeah. And, like, you bite into it and it's almost grainy? Ooh. Yeah, that's what that jello shot was like. That's rough. Also, it tasted like alcohol. Yeah. But it was, like, in a lemon. Like, you know when they oh, put yeah, it in lemons yeah. and they cut it? So it was like that, which was cute. I saw someone do that with a watermelon. Oh, shit. It was intense. That's a really big slice. It was a lot. Did you eat? No, I was driving. Oh, okay. Oh, that's just. But like all of the alcohol sunk to like one half, like the bottom half. Oh, disgusting! So like, if you got the like off of the top slice, yeah, you got like no alcohol, and if you got the bottom slice, you got like Death. all of it, and oh. it just tasted like ass. <laughs> Interesting. At least that's what I was told. I'm a good boy and I don't drink and drive. That's Good for you. That sounded sarcastic, but I'm not being sarcastic. So, last <laughs> week, our two fandoms were Nightmare on Elm Street, yep. Steven Universe, uh-huh. and our tag was a curtain fic. You bet. How do you think yours went? Um, Mine is definitely Steven Universe heavy. Mm-hmm. I don't know how, like, strictly I stuck to curtain fic. I mean, I guess it's like a regular episode of Steven Universe, so in a way it's day in the life sort of stuff. Yeah. But like, I didn't make it just, we're going to the mall. Oh, yeah, mine is very much the opposite of yours. Mm -hmm. Like, it's very Freddy Krueger heavy. Oh, yeah. And I think it is very slice in the life. So, shall we jump in? Yeah. Okay. So, what's the title? God damn it. (laughs) Someday there will be an episode where we're prepared with titles. I feel like this is the episode I should have been prepared because it has to be like a pun or something. Oh, you're right. I just know mine should be like a slice of life pun. Right? Yeah. Mine's just gonna be uh, Nightmare in Beach City. I don't know. It's super lame. But, like, what else can I come up with in a short amount of time? I only had a week. Okay, Nightmare in Beach City. Is that your final answer? Are you going to lock it in? Yes. (laughs) You did sound sure, but okay. Here's Evan's fic. Nightmare in Beach City or on Beach City? In. In Beach City. Okay. Nightmare in Beach City. Orange light glowed through the steam coming off the old pipes in the dank boiler room. The smell of rust and mildew filled Stephen's nose as he crept towards an unknown destination. The only sound was the splash of his sandaled feet on the drenched concrete floor. He peered over the top of his reassuring pink shield as he made his slow advance. Stephen paused to consider whether to take a left or right at the dead-end intersection, but quickly realized, despite his lack of movement... The sound of footsteps continued. Ooh, spooky. And they were getting louder. Oh, no. I used that in my Back to the Future fic, where they stop moving, but the sound of footsteps continues on. Maybe I was inspired. (laughs) No, it's just a crossover. Sure. He spun around to face the approaching noise. 
Amethyst? Lars? Stephen called into the hazy darkness. This isn't a fun game. Can we go back to the temple and play Lonely Blade instead, please? Out of the fog came a familiar voice. Hello, Stephen. The voice is soft and loving. Stephen's eyes welled up at the sight of her as the eight-foot-tall gem stepped out from the steam and shadow. Mom, how did we get here? I, I don't understand what's going on. Stephen poofed away his shield and fought back his tears as she approached him. Rose Quartz knelt in front of him and wiped away a single tear that escaped. It's all okay, Stephen. Just come with me and we'll get out of here. Stephen looked down at her outstretched hand, waiting for him to take it. But he jumped back in surprise and horror, as a knife gruesomely extended from each finger on his mother's hand. Her dress fell away to reveal a striped green and red sweater. He looked up to see his mother's round, caring face and perfectly pink ringlets melt away to a burned and disfigured face. Ooh, scary. That is spooky. It's more spooky than my Halloween story. It is much more spooky than your Halloween story. (laughs) What? No kiss for dear old mom? The disfigured face... Oh, still had his mother's voice. What? No kiss for dear old mom? The disfigured face still had his mother's voice. The monster lunged forward, swiping at him with the bladed hand. Stephen froze, unable to even summon his shield to defend himself. Instead, he stared at the knives coming towards him. He noticed, much like Garnet's gems on the palm of the attacker's hand, was a green and brownish red gem. Ooh. Ooh, shit. What's happening? Uh, gems. <laughs> Before the blades could make contact with Stephen, his eyes opened, and above him stood his guardians, Amethyst, Pearl, and Garnet. Stephen, are you all right? Pearl's voice was filled with anxious concern. Yeah, little man, you were screaming like a baby, Amethyst <laughs> laughed. I was at school, but in the basement I saw my mom. But she wasn't my mom. It was another gem, green and red with knives on one hand, Stephen rambled. Garnet pulled the small half-gem in for a hug and petted his hair. Oh, Stephen, it was just a nightmare. Why don't we get you a glass of warm milk and get you back to bed? Stephen nodded sleepily. Pearl warmed up some milk on the stove and poured a glass for him. And about six for Amethyst. Is Amethyst known for drinking a lot of milk? Amethyst likes eating, even though gems don't actually have to eat. Oh, okay. They shared their late-night beverage, and Stephen was soon back in bed, tucked under the covers. But he couldn't get back to sleep. Down below, he heard worried whispers, followed by the temple gate open, and all three gems stepped through the doorway. Stephen rose from his bed and tiptoed towards the closing magical doorway. From within, he heard the crystal gems arguing. It couldn't be, could it? He said he saw a red and green gem in his dream, Pearl panicked. Of course not. Homeworld would never send a chrysophase. Sure. Chrysophase? I think when I looked it up, it was chrysophase. Chrysophase. What is that? It's a gem. It's a... It's a red and green gem. Oh, okay. So it's a a real thing. Yeah, it's real. You didn't make up the word. No, I found one that looked mildly like Freddy's sweater. That's a good idea. You are, like, actually doing research. You did much better than me. I googled red and green gem. (laughs) That's what I found. They were all shattered in the rebellion, Garnet responded. And their kindergartens were destroyed. The diamond couldn't make any more if they wanted to. Kindergartens are where gems are, like, grown. Okay, I was confused. Uh, guys? 
We have some company, Amethyst interrupted, gesturing back towards the temple gate and Stephen's poofy hair peeking out from the frame. Stephen, come in here, Garnet reassured, beckoning the boy. Stephen stared at his feet as he shuffled towards his three mentors. They sat in the bubble room, with all the corrupted gems in their bubbles floating around their heads. So, they have a very mother-son-like relationship. Yeah, because they're, like, kind of his parents-ish. What happened to his dad? His dad's still around. He doesn't live with his dad, but his dad's name's Greg. He works at a car wash. Um, I thought his dad was a performer called Mr. Universe. His name's Greg Universe. So he's not a performer. He's a car wash. He was, but, like, he got old. Okay, now he works at a car wash? Yeah. Actually washing the cars, or he owns it and he makes the big bucks? No, he washes the cars. Oh, that's shitty. That's, like, the true reality of show business, isn't it? Yeah. I want you to tell me about the new gym. Why am I having nightmares? Stephen asked. I don't think Stephen sounds like that. Not really, but whatever. (laughs) Just be consistent. During the rebellion, Homeworld needed a new way to get information from the crystal gems, so they developed a new gem called Chrysophase. A chrysophase can sneak into the dreams of other gems from a distance and trap them there to interrogate the gem for information because you can't lie in a dream. In some particularly dire cases, a chrysophase can even shatter a gem from within the dream. Shatter, me, shatter is kill. I figured. Yeah. Stephen's eyes were welling up with tears again. He hated to hear stories about the rebellion and shattering gems, and Garnet hated telling them. But if there truly was a chrysophase after him, then he needed to be prepared. Garnet continued on, but they always had one weakness. You have to remember it's your dream. It's yours, so you control it. Then you can grab hold of the chrysophase and make yourself wake up. You'll bring them right out of the dream with you, and in the real world, a chrysophase is incredibly vulnerable. Garnet, that's too much to ask of Stephen, Pearl scolded. He's a child. We could barely handle chrysophase when we were a thousand years old. They're also five thousand years old. Oh, okay. At least. Unfortunately, he doesn't have a choice, Garnet replied, and all of the gems nodded solemnly. Despite his fears, Stephen was beginning to doze again, the warm milk having finally kicked in. Garnet picked him up, and together they all left the bubble room. Garnet placed him back in bed, already mostly asleep. The last words he heard before he drifted off to sleep were the reassuring tones, letting him know they'd be there waiting for him to wake up. Stephen found himself in the humid boiler room again. Everything was the same as the last time, save for the quiet dripping of leaking pipes being replaced by the horrendous sound of metal scraping against metal. It echoed through the seemingly endless maze of pipes. I'm not afraid of you, Chrysophase, he announced to the empty room. What are you talking about, Stewball? came his father's voice from behind him. Stephen spun around as quickly as he could to see his father holding his guitar and sitting in the back of his van, and possibly parked in the boiler room. The metal scraping noise had stopped. Come pop a squat with Dad and we can jam. No, Chrysophase, what do you want? Stephen demanded, taking a step towards the airbrushed van. Ah, come on, Stewball. Let's shred. Just like the last time, the familiar voice remained. But the body of the being in front of him transformed. The same burnt face and red and green sweater faced him once again. The monster's hand strummed down, but instead of playing a chord, the knives on the ends of his fingers cut each string with a harsh 
twang. That's the closest I got to a one-liner pun. It was pretty good. Let's shred. Let's shred. It kind of got too wordy. I feel like I should have gotten to the cutting the strings sooner. Probably, yeah. But that's okay. I still appreciate it. Rock on. The monster threw the guitar to the side and lunged at Steven, grabbing him by the hair with his non-knife-wearing hand. He lifted the gem boy so that they were eye to eye. The name's Freddy, Steven. Their voice had returned to their own, rather than imitating one of his parents. And the game is question and answer. Ready? No, Stephen shouted at the scary gem's face. He heeded Garnet's advice and closed his eyes, grabbing a hold of the Chrysophase's torso in a tight bear hug. As his hands met behind Freddy's back, he pinched himself hard on the forearm, causing a jolt of minor pain to buzz up his body. But it was enough. When he opened his eyes again, he was in bed, surrounded by the crystal gems and the Chrysophase still in his bear hug. He let go. And the before Freddy could get out another one-liner, the gems descended and poofed and bubbled. Well done, Stephen. You were very brave to do that, Garnet congratulated, tussling his hair. Totally awesome, little man, cheered Amethyst, somehow drinking yet more warm milk. Now do get some rest. We've still got training in the morning, Pearl reminded. Stephen laid back down, the excitement exhausting him past the point of response. He smiled softly as sleep took him for the third time that night, knowing no more nightmares could harm him. The end. Mine's just a nice little story. That's cute. Yeah. It wasn't very funny, it wasn't very interesting, but it was a nice little slice of life. Freddy wasn't super scary. No. I feel like in the actual thing, he's much spookier. Yeah, but I figured the biggest, the scariest thing for Steven is like his parents hurting him. Aww. So, like, if I had more time, I probably would have, like, had him do more stuff. Yeah. But I was running out of words. Yeah, that's fair. Yours was already, like, on the longer end. Yeah. It didn't feel long, though, which was good. I had a lot of exposition right in the middle there. Yeah. I feel like with Steven Universe, you kind of need there, it, There's though. too much lore. Especially when you're introducing him as a new gem. Yeah. I appreciated the exposition because I don't know shit. I am confused about the the gems descended and poofed and bubbled. What does that, what the fuck does that mean, like, honestly? So they, they attacked him? Yep. And when he, he poofing, like... Did he poof away? No, his gems, right? The only actual part of them is the gem. The gem. And then their body is, like, a manifestation. Yeah, it's what they want it to look like, right? Yeah. Okay. So if you hurt the body, it'll just poof away and then only the gems left. And then once... And then they put that in a bubble to contain it. Okay. And then that's, like, kind of gem jail. And they can't, like, escape. Okay. And then that's the bubble room. They have a whole room of gems that they've bubbled. That are bad gems. Bad gems and corrupted gems, which is a whole other thing. Okay, yeah, let's not get into that. No. But, yeah, that was Nightmare in Beach City. I dug it. It was cute. It was a simple little story. (laughs) pretty unremarkable (laughs) mine's not very remarkable either i'll be perfectly honest speaking of the fic oh no what's it called um i i'm so bad at puns the only thing i can think of is slice of faith (laughs) what does that mean (laughs) it doesn't mean anything perfect all right this is slice of faith no 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 can it be slice of face 
That means even less. <laughs> yeah, but there's face slicing. Okay. Slice of face. <laughs> by Alana. Stephen's phone buzzed with another notification. We still on for tonight, it read. Stephen typed out his quick reply. Yeah, just leaving the house now. He tossed his bowling shoes into his gym bag and headed out the door. The coffee shop where the two friends met up was derelict. (laughs) With broken chairs, flickering lights, and an overwhelming aroma of burnt coffee, it turned most patrons away. But Freddy always insisted on coming here. He said he attended its grand opening in 1984, but Stephen seriously doubted that. Freddy was known to be a notorious liar. Hey, Freddy said, (laughs) causing Stephen to look up from his hot chocolate. I hope you don't mind, but I need to drop by work on a way to... That's so bad, I'm not even... (laughs) Hey, Freddy said. No, continue with it. (laughs) Do your Danny DeVito impression. Oh, that's exactly what it was. It was Danny DeVito. It was a little quieter Danny DeVito. Yeah. Danny DeVito without the yelling. Yeah, Danny DeVito without the aggression. Hey. (laughs) Freddy said, (laughs) causing Steven to look up from his hot chocolate. I hope you don't mind, but I need to stop by work on the way to the bowling alley. I mean, as long as you're okay with that. Steven paused at this. He only had a vague idea of what Freddy did for a living, but he knew enough to know that it went against his moral code and everything he stood for. Uh... Stephen stalled, darting his eyes around the dingy cafe. I guess that's fine. Cool. I promise it'll be a killer time. Freddy replied with a wink. He then carefully picked up his coffee, his metal nails making horrible screeching sounds on the glazed porcelain. Chapter break. Nancy Thompson climbed into bed, her eyes already feeling heavy from the weight of life. I'm going to sleep like the dead, she thought to herself with a smile. She lay her head on the pillow. And fell asleep immediately. Chapter Another break. chapter break. And that's when I caught Lion throwing up on the carpet again, Stephen shouted. Both him and his best friend, Freddy, had been crouched under a big chrome cylinder, waiting for the girl to fall asleep. <laughs> Stephen had gotten bored, so Freddy pulled out a deck of cards and the two were playing Go Fish. Hello? A female voice called. But the echo was so great, Stephen couldn't pinpoint what direction it was coming from. It's go time, Stephen. <laughs> Freddy whispered, his burnt-off lips stretching into a sinister smile. Freddy quickly applied more flig blood before hoisting himself up. Knife-like fingernails dragged across the rusted pipes, sparks flying in all directions. His burgundy Doc Martens clanged against the metal grate floor, and he slowly made his way through the tunnels. Come out, sweetheart, Freddy called. Stephen followed close behind. He held onto Freddy's shirt tails to make sure that he wouldn't get lost. We won't hurt you. It's okay, Stephen loudly whispered. Freddy whipped around, fire filling his eyes. Don't say that, you idiot. We are going to hurt her. I don't want my bad person job to ruin your morals and turn you into a... a liar, he whispered. Screams could be heard again. Okay, Stephen, you just stay here and I will finish this off quickly, Freddy said before heading in the direction of the screams. When Freddy caught up to Nancy, she had fallen into a pit of blood. Oh, God. I feel like the people in Nightmare on Elm Street just easily fall into his traps. Like They're pretty dumb. Yeah. Like, it's like a hallway will have, like, a section of just mud in it, and they'll be like, oh, God, I'm going to crawl through this mud. So I went with that for Nancy Thompson, who is actually a character in Nightmare on Elm Street. That's in the first First one, one yeah. yeah. When Freddy caught up with Nancy, she had fallen into a pit of blood. 
She was swimming around, her white nightgown sticking to her body. Freddy was glad Stephen had stayed behind. This was far too 18A for a G-rated children's show. Nancy's screams only increased when she saw Freddy standing at the top of the pit. She swam to the only ladder and began to climb. Freddy didn't move. He wanted to play with her more first. But when she got to the top of the ladder, the horrible boiler room disappeared. Instead, she stood in a beautiful cartoon field. Butterflies landed on her. They sucked the blood out of her nightgown, leaving it white and flouncy again. Yeah, so Stephen can look at her without losing his innocence. Stephen appeared with Lion by his side. Hey, friend, don't worry. You're safe here, he smiled. Lion moved to cuddle the frightened girl, his mane sweeping her up in a warm embrace. It's amazing that a mane can do that. <laughs> well, have you ever been, like, wrapped in a blanket and you're like, well, this is way better than a hug? No. I imagine that he has, like, a crazy mane that is just, like... Because it's so flouncy, right? It can... It's a portal to another dimension. There is so much volume there that it would just, like, hold you and it would be warm and it would be amazing. Until you go into the other dimension. <laughs> yeah, but you, like, crawl through it. This is just, like, it's kind of wrapping around you with his body. Like when a dog tries to spoon you. I have a small dog. <laughs> no, everything that I'm saying is just not clicking with you, is it? No. I don't understand blankets or large dogs. <laughs> it's like a mix of a blanket and a large dog. I don't understand either of those. Like if a lion were to spoon you. Oh, okay, I get it now. <laughs> Stop. Wrong. You're in my world, bitch. Freddy called before scratching at Nancy's face. Immediately, they were teleported back into the boiler room. Look, I got your nose! He laughed, holding up a slice of flesh from her face. Slice of face. Yeah! You see, it's relevant. Steven screamed. He rushed forward, licking his hands to try and press what was left of Nancy's face together. But she pushed him away and ran off down a hallway. Thanks for including his healing spit. Yeah! I told you about that this morning. Yeah, and I worked it in. Nice. Freddy followed close behind, his metal hands scratching along the pipes as he ran. Stephen stood in place. Tears rolled down his face like a waterfall after a tsunami. Like a really strong waterfall, you know? Uh, like just so many tears. Small sobs escaped his lips and Lion curled around him to make him feel safe. Nancy ran back towards him. Blood coated the front of her dress. Freddy cut her off around the corner and Stephen watched his knife fingers plunge into her ad abdomen. No! No! Nancy screamed, grabbing onto Freddy's wrist. Your mouth says no, no, but my mouth is saying yes, yes! Freddy laughed. That's gross. That's an actual line. Is that? Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. He twisted his wrist and ripped his hand back, taking most of Nancy's organs with him. The only sound left was Stephen's sniffles and the gurgle of blood leaving Nancy's body. Okay, Stephen. Are you ready to go bowling? Freddy asked. He cleaned off his hands and grabbed his gym bag. Lion lied down so Freddy and Steven could climb onto his back. Both special boys climbed onto the lion in silence. Apparently they climbed on twice. <laughs> no, lion lied down so that they could climb on, and then they climbed on. And then on. they climbed on in silence. <laughs> A giant roar echoed out, and they were transported to the bowling alley. At the bowling alley, Stephen seemed more chipper. He relayed a story about Lion taking up the entire couch while they watched cartoons. While he laced up his and Freddy's shoes. He has to tie Freddy's shoes because he has <laughs> knife fingers. 
Things started to feel normal again as the two friends chatted. They entered their names into the scoreboard and Freddy stepped up to bowl. Oh shit, I can't do this. I have knives for hands. The, the end. end. That's kind of a slice of life, right? Yeah. It's like, oh yeah, it's I met a... my friend at a cafe and then we dropped by his work and then we went bowling. Yeah. That's a that's just a normal work day. Yeah. But they killed Nancy Thompson. I feel like Steven would be more disturbed by it though. He definitely would. <laughs> See, when I first ended it, I had Steven just not talk to Freddy for the rest of the thing. Oh. But then I was like, this is just boring. It's just them sitting around in silence, right? Uh-huh. For the last paragraph. So I was like, no, nah, I'll I'll cut that out and I'll make him seem more chipper once he's away from the boiler room. <laughs> it was fun. Okay. Let's jump right into random Hannah That's right, everyone's favorite segment where we randomly generate our next fanfiction crossover for next episode. So, we hit the button with a drum roll, and then it spits out two fandoms and a tag, and then we have a week to write it. And you guys also have not quite a week to write it. About four days, usually. Yep, you gotta get it in by Monday. Yep, you know the rules. Do they? We don't mention the rules very often. That's true. With that said, drum roll, please. Ooh. Ooh. (laughs) So, our first fandom is Godzilla. Our second fandom is Pacific Rim. And our tag is birthday. Oof. <laughs> Oof. So, we definitely have some synergy with Godzilla and Pacific Rim. They work together. Yeah. And then birthday's interesting. Godzilla, what do you know about Godzilla? He's a big lizard. He sure is. Um, he terrorizes Tokyo. Yeah, he has a habit of that. And that's it. Yeah, what that's... else? What else is there? Uh, I mean... He's got plasma breath or some shit? Lightning oh, breath? Oh shit, really? Something like that, yeah. All I can think of is, like, Reptar from Rugrats. <laughs> Not far off. He was based on Godzilla, right? Yeah. According to the new Godzilla movie, the new American one, with mm-hmm. a- Aaron Taylor Johnson and Brian Cranston, Godzilla, like, eats nuclear waste or something. He must go hungry for a long time, then. I don't know, dude. That movie was so boring. He's gonna help us clean up the planet. Yeah. What do you know about Pacific Rim? Uh, it's a fantastic movie directed by Guillermo del Toro, where yeah. giant robots fight giant monsters, and it's fucking sick. It is a really good movie. Also, Charlie Day's in it. Charlie Day's in it, and it has a sequel coming out soon that looks like trash. Oh, does it? It looks like a video game. Oh, and that's it has, lame. And all the kaijus in the trailer, like... Don't look great? Voltron into one giant kaiju. Oh, I hate that. Like Power Rangers. Yeah. That's shitty. I feel like they're not smart enough to do that. Well, they had to up the stakes somehow. Whatever. It's not with Guillermo del Toro, so who cares? It's not anymore? No. Uh, and then birthday. What's a birthday? Uh, I've never read a birthday fic. I've never read a birthday fic either. Who put this tag in? Probably me. <laughs> Probably you. I assume they're going to be celebrating a birthday. It's one of their birthdays. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty self-explanatory. Maybe someone missed a birthday, and so Godzilla's going on a rampage because he's really sad. Oh. It's It's like like in the Aberdeen? Yeah, I was going to say, it's like the Aberdeen music video. (laughs) That music video is so sad. It's so sad. It fucks you up, eh? It does. Little claymation dragon boy. Yeah. He's my best friend. Well, he just wants to be friends. He does. 
Now I'm sad. Oh. It's such a good music video. It's so good. And the song is good, too. Yeah. Okay. Well, on that note... <laughs> now that I'm sad, let's end this. Thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, we'll hopefully have more energy next week. Um, if you'd like to follow us on Twitter, our handle is ununpodcast. We also have a Facebook page. And you can also read either of our fix on AO3 or on fanfiction.net. That's right. The links are in the description. What else do we need to plug? Oh, hey, drop a hot review on iTunes or something for us. Apparently it helps us climb the charts or something. We need all the help we can get. You bet we do. You bet your ass we do. (laughs) Uh, You can also review us on Facebook. It doesn't necessarily help us, but it makes us feel good. So if you review us, we'll we'll read it on the podcast. We'll have fun with it. Hopefully it's nice. Yeah. If it's not nice, that could be fun, too. That could be fun. Because maybe then more people will write nice ones. It's true. Is that how it works? Or we can just make Atlanta more sad. Oh, man. Alana's already so sad. Alana's so sad she dissociates and talks about herself in the third person. <laughs> if you want to write a fan fiction for next episode, you can send it to us either over the Facebook page or by email at... Uh, UnstableUniverses uns- at gmail.com. That's the one. Let's fucking get out of here. I'm Evan. Yes. And I'm Alana. Thanks for listening. I'm sorry. I'm sorry.